You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Good morning, church. We're going to play a video clip for a minute and a half or thereabouts. This is a video clip of how lots of island communities off the coast of Ireland began to die. The communities began to die. And maybe this will bring and evoke a bit of the atmosphere of what it must be like when people had to abandon their homes and leave where they had grown up and where their families were. So let's just play it. Thank you, Josiah. And see this for a second. There are many reasons why it's important to think of this island. And this island helps us understand many different parts of Irish life, of life on the islands. And it both speaks to what a world would have been like in the past, the invisible world of this particular island, but also given the connection between this island, other islands, and North America, this provides us a way of understanding, uh, in some ways, a foundation for modern America, modern Canada, and a sense of a foundation for, for the world we see today. It's a very rich place to live in terms of the soil, in terms of fishing, but it's also because of access, it's a very remote location that means that there were difficulties getting medical services. There was never any electricity on the island, for example. So there was, there was a whole series of compromises for both living in a, uh, a stunning location, a community that was largely self-sufficient, but in a very, very remote context. Thank you, Josiah. That's great. So this is about one of the islands off the coast of Galway. You can throw up the presentation now. Thank you, Josiah. And I can always remember as a child growing up, every now and again on Irish TV, there would be a story about an island community and the islanders abandoned the island. It's interesting that about in a shark here um, in Clue Bay, they said they had to abandon the island. There was no medical facilities. There was no electricity. And this is what you see happen. And I want to talk about communities that have to be left behind. And when you're in a community and the population is falling, it's like churches. They begin to stop. First thing to go is the school. When the primary school closes down, that is the death knell of any community. When a Christian church no longer provides ministry to children, that's the beginning of the end of that church community. And so these people had no school, had no doctor, had no post office, they had nothing. And so they began to abandon and leave behind the death so they could move forward to life. They went to larger communities. And that island was abandoned at the start of October 1960. I was born at the end of September 1960. So when I was just a baby, even not even a week old, that island was abandoned. They had to leave it. 
in order to move forward with the rest of their lives. I'm here today to explain, to encourage and maybe challenge you about how sometimes you and I have to leave behind something that is not life-giving so we can move forward into somewhere that is life-giving. And that can be a dream, it can be a person, it can even be a place. So I'm going to look at Genesis 12, 1 to 8. I've called it leaving when God says go. And I pray, Holy Spirit, your word would feed our souls today in Jesus' name. Welcome Cafe Church, good to see you again, and God bless you, hope you can follow the scriptures that we're going to put on the screens. What I'm going to talk about is a man called Abram. Anyone tell me how his name changed? What was he called in the second part of his life? Abraham. So God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. But where we're going to read now, he was known as Abram. It was before his name changed. And I don't want anyone to get confused. It's the same person just earlier on in his life. And Abram was a friend of God. He could hear God's voice. Not in a spooky way. He was close to his creator. Are you? Can you say the voice of God is real in your life? In some way, do you sense him? Do you sense it when the Lord says, don't go that way? Or be careful? Or have courage? God speaks through the Bible if we're reading or listening to it. Or he speaks through his Holy Spirit. Prophetically, would anyone say amen? amen? We are a Pentecostal church. We believe the Holy Spirit moves today. And next Tuesday night, that's what I'm going to be looking at. The Pentecostal promises of God. But Abraham was a friend of God, and he could hear God, and God spoke to him. So we're going to just come straight in to when God spoke to Abraham and how Abraham responded to it, how God asked him to leave something behind. The Lord said to Abraham, leave your homeland, leave your people, leave your family, and go to the new land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. Your name will be great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Whoever curses you, I will curse and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. And he took his nephew not, Lot with him, going to the land of Canaan, or Israel. And when he arrived there, the Lord appeared to him, saying, I will give this land to your descendants. And so Abraham pitched a tent in that place and he built an altar there calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. So here we have some verses from the book of Genesis right towards the beginning of the story 
and the narrative of how God reached out to mankind using Abraham in this situation. And so we see clearly right at the beginning in verse 1, the Lord said to him, leave your homeland, leave your people, leave your family and go to the new land I will show you. Just as we saw the islanders on the film clip at the beginning had to leave their community, their experience to move forward so that they wouldn't die, so that their children would have an education, so that if they got sick there was a doctor they could visit and so on, so that they could have power in their lives, electricity. Sometimes as Christians we can be in a situation where we have no power in our lives. There is no electricity, there is no Holy Spirit moving. We're suffocated and stifled by a person by a situation, sometimes it's at work, sometimes it's in college, but you know God is saying to you, you need to move on. When God said to Abraham, leave, this is one of the more um, full-on words about leaving. Today, not too many people have to leave their homeland, but sometimes we do. But Abraham was also asked to leave his people. That's the people, the wider community around him. So if you look into it, he left a place called Ur of the Chaldeas. It's modern day Iraq. And he had to leave his culture and his language and everything he grew up and knew. Like some of you here have had to leave your homelands and your people. And God also said, leave your family. Now he never said to him to leave his wife. And if he had children, he didn't at the time. He would never have said that to underage children. But he did say, leave your wider family. Sometimes our wider family, we literally have to take a step away, particularly if they're dragging us down. So Abraham was called to leave. And you might say, that's a very negative word today, really, Tom. It's all about leaving. But you see, the leaving was so that he could move forward. Hallelujah. God never says, I'm closing a door in your life and that's the end of it. You're just going to do without that now. He's closing or he's asking you to move forward so he can close a door in your life so that you can move forward to something better. Hallelujah. This is the God we serve. This is the God in the Bible. It doesn't mean that we don't have a sense of loss for a season, but we leave something behind so we can move forward to something better. This is the gospel. This is the good news. And it's not just for new Christians. If you're a Christian 80 years, there's probably nobody here a Christian 80 years. If you're a Christian 60 years, it still holds true today. Because our whole life journey as believers, the whole spiritual journey we have in our lives as Christians, will regularly have us leaving something behind to move on to something greater that God has for us. There's a word in the English language called ecclesiastical. And it actually comes from a Greek word. And the Greek word is ecclesia. So the New Testament was written in Greek. And any time you see the word church, the word that was actually used was ecclesia. The called out community. So the very genesis and essence of Christianity is about leaving to move forward. So if you are a Christian today, if you are born again by the Spirit of God, you will have made a choice 
to leave something because you've been called out of something. I was talking to someone recently and it didn't surprise me, but they were saying, I just love doing all the nightclubs. There was a girl and she said, I love kissing all the guys and seeing where it'll go from there. Praise the Lord. Hello? We are called out from that way of living. Would anyone say amen? That wasn't very powerful, amen. Would anyone say more powerful, amen? We're called out. We're not called to have the same attitude as the world. We were praising the name of Jesus here as we were singing in worship. You can, I can promise you, last night just outside our door, the name of Jesus was being shouted out, but it wasn't being praised, it was being cursed. But we're going to praise his name. Hallelujah. We are the called out community. We have left behind another way of living. Another way of looking at life. Our attitude has changed. Yes, we still have issues. We still make mistakes and we still sin. But we don't want to anymore. That's the difference. And when we do, the Lord forgives us and he cleanses us. So we are the ecclesia. The very essence of the Christian church is about leaving something behind in order to move forward to something that is better. Here's the thing though. Abraham, a friend of God, a hero in the Bible, only partially obeyed God. But even though he only partially obeyed God, God's blessing and God's promise continued. Because we're told that Abraham went as the Lord had told him, but he took his nephew Lot with him to the promised land. Now, when you see the word but, and God is after the word but, but God, it's, it's life-giving. So we can often read, someone was sick, but God healed him. Someone was in trouble, but God delivered her. And so when we see a but God, it's life-giving. But when we see a but with a human being, it's usually not that good. So Abraham heard God, and he was willing to leave the place he was in and move forward. But the Lord had said, leave your family. Not his wife, but leave your wider family. And look who he brings with him. He brings his nephew, Lot, with him. Now, you know what? I have a lot of sympathy for Abraham. At this stage, he didn't have a son, which was a big deal in that culture. So he had no kids, no son, and Lot was his nephew. And they got on well together. And in every respect, emotionally, Lot was like a son to him. And so Abraham is going into the unknown, and Lot he loves, and Lot is a good guy. And so Abraham brought Lot with him. Do you know what happened though? Lot was piggybacking on Abraham. Because when Lot came to, Abraham was only partially obeying God, even though God's promise remained. And the thing is, Lot was not a blessing for Abraham. He was only trouble. Lot wasn't a bad guy. guy. In actual fact, he was called a righteous man. But he was like someone who believed and never went any further. He did believe, but he was a carnal believer. He just went according to the natural. He didn't go according to the spiritual. And so Lot just caused trouble for Abraham again and again. You can read up on it in Genesis. 
And the thing is, sometimes in your life and in my life, we bring someone with us when God says, let them go. They might be physically with us. Here's the funny one. They mightn't even be physically with us, but they're in there. They're in your head or they're in your heart and we bring them with us. And you know what they do? They drag a stone. I'm looking for two volunteers, two strong men. Could I have two strong men? Honestly, you won't be ashamed. Just looking for two strong guys. We've got Greg and we've got Teddy. Oh, Janie, Max. Mm. Well, do you know what? No, I might get someone slightly younger, Teddy. I'm not going to upset you, am I? Just someone because I want someone. Good man, Guillaume. Give Teddy a round of applause. Thank you, Teddy. Are you feeling strong today, Greg? Guillaume, I'm going to ask you to go piggyback on this guy. You're only a young fella. Okay, are you ready to do it? Jump up. Jump up. <laughs> I hope you can see this in Cafe Church. <laughs> One more go. <laughs> Give them a round of applause. They tried their best. Actually, Greg, I'm going to get you set up. Could we have a, young, a younger, thinner guy just to jump up? Come on. Anyone at all? Anyone who can jump up? <laughs> okay, let's try Paddy and then we'll go. Go on. Up. Hey! No, Greg, I want you to walk up and down and just keep, keep traveling. Back again, turn around. How does it feel, Greg? Are you really making progress with this fella on your back? You're really full of energy. You're going really fast. Paddy is a dead weight on you. And God said, move forward and leave him behind, but you're carrying him. So you know what you got to do, Greg? You got to let Paddy go. Now I want you to start moving forward. Hey, give him a round of applause. Thank you, Guillaume, as well. Thank you, Teddy. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Paddy. Thank you, Nathaniel. Praise God. Thanks for being sports and jumping in. Do you get the picture? You and I sometimes bring someone with us, and we know that we know that we know we really shouldn't be bringing them with us because they drag us down. Doesn't mean they're bad people. Maybe they are, but maybe they're not. But God is saying to you, if someone is dragging you down spiritually, if someone is taking the life out of you, they're not life-giving, they're life-taking, you need to let them go. Abraham should have left Lot go, and that was part of his leaving. So if we are the ecclesia... Not just for new Christians, but for Christians who've been around a long time. We need to let people go. Sometimes the person we need to let go can be an adult son or daughter who weighs us down. And we need to say, I need to move on, even if they're not. Or maybe if you're younger, it could be your mum or dad. Or it could be someone you're romantically involved with. But you know, you have to let them go. Look at the promise. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Now, this was the promise of God, and this remained true for Abraham, and it remained true right throughout the Old Testament for the nation of Israel. You can make a, a, an argument that it remains true today, but it is especially true 
for the people of God today, even the Christians. If someone curses you, now you're, you're unlikely to meet the white witch of cove, come up and go, ah, or something like that, as you come out your front door and curse you. But if someone comes against you and tries to take away your good name or trouble you at work or in college or in the wider family, if they come against you, they're coming against a child of God. And I have seen this again and again and again and again in my life over the last 38 years, 39 years I've been a Christian. I've seen it all the time. When someone comes against you, they may do you damage. They may hurt you. You may feel the impact of it. But they will reap what they have sown. So you and I are not called to fight them back. We hand it over to the Lord. God is well able to protect you. He's well able to defend your honor. And then if someone blesses you, God will bless them. So remember this promise. It was true for Abraham all those thousands of years ago. It's true for us today. So in leaving, Abraham knew that God would protect him and would go before him. And you can read all about his life and how God did exactly that. Look at what it says in verse 8. That Abraham pitched a tent in that place. He pitched a tent and the place was Canaan or the land of Israel. 1 Peter 2.11 says, we in this life are like pilgrims. All who believe in Jesus Christ were like pilgrims. But a pilgrim is not a wanderer. There's a big difference. Or a drifter. A wanderer, Cain, who killed Abel, he had a curse upon his life that he would wander around forever. But we're not wanderers. The wanderer doesn't know where he's going. But the pilgrim knows where he's going. He's following his master. We're following Jesus Christ. And yet he pitched a tent. What is that saying? It's saying that Abraham knew this life is not the end. There is a better life yet to come. Would anyone say hallelujah? There is another life. You and I will inherit heaven. If you love the Lord, we will go to heaven. And we are advised by Abraham's life. He didn't build a house. That doesn't mean you and I are called to live in a tent. But our attitude should be that we don't see this life as the end. This is just a temporary, short journey that you and I are going through because there's something far deeper and something far better yet to happen. So he, he just pitched a tent and he didn't go any further than that and he kept all of the things of time away from his heart. And not only that, as we see here in verse 8, he built an altar in that place and he called on the name of the Lord. So even though God promised him a whole nation, he just kept living in a tent. He didn't let it get to him. Some people let possessions, houses, cars, titles, businesses, careers, degrees, all of these things are good but when they get into your heart, they become idols and they become more important to the Lord. Abraham is an example to us of how not to do that. And one of the reasons and one of the ways he did it is he built an altar in his situation. You and I are called to build an altar in our situations. Hebrew 13.10 says, we have an altar today. He's speaking to believers in the New Testament. You and I have an altar today. It's the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So Abraham built an altar. What does that mean? It means that every day or every evening, he would come to a place where he would thank God for the blessings in his life. And then he would bring his requests before the Lord for what his needs were. Not his greeds, his needs. He thanked the Lord and then he prayed for the needs in his life and the needs of the people he loved. We must build an altar. You and I must come to the cross. I would encourage you to do it every day. Take a moment every day where you thank God for the blessing. How many of us have a roof over our heads? That's about half the church. The rest of us are sleeping homeless. Does everyone have a roof over their head? Okay. How many people have food to eat? Have we thanked God for the roof over our heads and the food on our plates? Let's say thank you, Jesus. Come on. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. He is the one who gives us our daily bread. He is the one who puts the roof over our heads. If we have our health, we thank God for that. If we have people who love us, we thank God for that. We should thank the Lord. And then the Bible says, you have not because you ask not. You and I should bring our requests before the Lord. You might say, that's very basic. You know what? The Bible says we need to be kept reminded even of these things because you're... Your natural inclination, my natural inclination is to slide away and just go back to the old self. But part of being part of the ecclesia, of being called out, of being leaving something behind, is to build the altar and come before the Lord every day. So this is exactly what Abraham did. So brothers and sisters, for you and I to move forward, you and I have to leave something or someone behind and it's not just at the start of our Christian walk it tends to be a constant thing when your children grow up if you're a parent and they're adults you have to let them go would anyone say amen so when I got married at the age of 21 I left my mother and my father I can remember my mother crying it's not that she wasn't happy she loved Denise but she wept because her boy was leaving. And I remember leaving home and saying goodbye, and she wept, but she had to let me go. I had to leave behind mum and dad and move forward. I still kept contact with them. I still loved them, but the relationship had changed. You see, life is all about changing. You and I will die one day, unless the Lord returns before that. But life just moves on. For everything, there's a season. So our children grow up. You and I, when we were teenagers, or maybe you're a teenager, and you finish secondary school. Who remembers the last day of school? <laughs> Michael, we're going to pray for healing of memories for you. You did not have a good experience in school by the sound of that. Woohoo! Anyone else remember leaving school, your final day at school? Yeah, loads of hands up. It was when we moved on. That's done. That was part of our life. If you went to university, the day will come when you leave university. So life is all about this moving on. And in order for you to move forward in the things of God, sometimes you have to let something go. Here's a basic one. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and get prayer languages, tongues, and we'll be praying for that on Tuesday night. If you've unforgiveness against someone, you're not going to experience 
the, the, the filling of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be able to move forward in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you've got bitterness against someone, you have to leave it behind to move forward. That's just a basic one. And all of these things are true. So I have to leave behind, so I will always make sure, not in a legalistic way, but I make sure at least 10% of my time is given to the Lord. I give that time to the Lord. So I leave behind a hobby and I will give that time to the Lord because he deserves our first fruits. I will give 10% of my income, not as a legalistic thing, but I do it because I, it's a good rhythm, it's a good practice in scripture, and I want the Lord to have it. The Bible talks about the farmers would bring the first of their harvest this time of year, September. They will bring the first fruits and give it to the Lord. So there's a leaving in that. You're saying, well, I could really do with that money and go and see five movies this week and have another holiday out in Santa Panza or whatever. But you know what? In my experience, and I'm hyping it up, the more I give, the more I get. That's my experience over the last nearly 40 years. The more generous I am in my relationships with my time, the more the Lord blesses me. So it, we have to be a cheerful giver. If, you're, if we're kind of going, and grudgingly, don't bother doing it. But ask the Lord to give you an attitude of heart where you're a cheerful giver. And you know what? God will bless you. But there's a leaving behind. So our Christian journey is all about leaving some things, leaving some people, and moving forward. We're going to pray some important basic points. Let me just share one more thing. I'm going to put up a slide now, and it's just if you want to study further about this, you can throw it up in Cafe Church as well. And if you want to take a screenshot of it, maybe you don't need to, but this is just further study if you want to do at home. Give me one minute to share this. Abraham is known as the father of faith. You can read all about it in Galatians chapter 3. You can also read Hebrews chapter 11. Consider the beginning and the end of his life journey. He never had any evidence. He just had a promise. So Abraham is an example to us by walking by faith. Abraham never actually owned any land in the land of Canaan. Here we're back to it again. It was all the promise. So in Israel or Canaan, all he ever bought was a burial plot. You can read about that, Genesis 23, 14 to 20. What is God saying to you through that today? Is that just some dead bit of history? Or is the Lord maybe trying to speak to us to say, ah, keep these things distant. He only ever had title to a burial plot in the land God had promised him. And if you read into it, what we just read earlier on, all of these events took place in a town called Haran, or in Hebrew, Haran, and it means the parched place. Parched. What's the significance of Abram starting from here and the theology of stopping halfway? Because when God spoke to him, where we just read, he was actually halfway on his journey. He had begun in Ur of the Chaldees, but at this stage he stopped halfway because he brought his father with him. So there was a partial obedience and it slowed him down. And he missed out on some of the blessing because he only partially obeyed the Lord. So here are more scriptures for you to reflect on and to feed yourself during the week. Good few chapters there where God can take you further into what we can learn about Abraham. 
But to conclude, brothers and sisters, you and I are called to leave so that we can move forward. And I've got a question for you. Some of us here today are called to leave the world, the, the mindset of the world. God is putting his finger on some people's soul and he's saying, I want you to be part of the ecclesia, the called out community. There's an alternative way of living that is far better than the way you knew. And so God is saying, leave behind that mindset and start a new chapter in your life. I believe the Lord is also saying to some of us, just like we saw Greg and Paddy there, there's someone on your back and you're not moving forward the way you could. They're weighing you down. You have a lot in your life. And maybe it's a memory that you can't let go of. It could be a parent or a teacher. It could be a former relationship. Maybe it's someone who's hurt you. You have to let them go. They're, you're coming in here with them on your back and you're not going to make it, not really, if, you're, if they're going to keep dragging you down. Let go of the trouble. Build an altar here today and hand that person over to the Lord and move forward in the way God has called you to move forward. So we're going to pray for those things and then generally that we will leave behind whatever God is speaking to us about. Could the band come up? We're going to sing that beautiful song by Hillsong Oceans all about how the Spirit will lead us. Could we stand please? In just a moment we are going to pray. But we're going to sing this song first. And we'll pray that the Holy Spirit will start speaking to you now. Let's start listening to the whisper of the Spirit of God. Let's use the last few minutes we have to hear the Spirit whisper to us. And lead us. And let go of that person. Or that thing. Or that way of thinking. Could we throw up the words, thank you Josiah. And let's sing unto the Lord. Spirit, lead me where my thought is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. The Spirit lead me where my dust and without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper where my feet could ever wander. And my faith would be made stronger. sing that again in a moment let's close our eyes on stage and off stage some of you know that Jesus Christ is asking you to leave the old way of life behind to be a part of the ecclesia the called out community you can give him a strong signal just where you stand in the dark with nobody looking please close your eyes would you slip up your hand and then take it down again? I'm the only one looking and I'm not going to say anything to anyone. Okay, I see your hand. I see your hand. Praise God. I see your hand. Hallelujah.
I pray for these three people now, Lord, that you would give them courage and you would give them fire in their souls and you would give them a certainty as they take this next step of faith now, here in this place today, that they would leave behind the old life. Who'll say amen? And that they will step forward and start to follow Jesus. No turning back. I pray, God, that you would help them to let go of that which is wrong in their lives, that which, which has hurt them and is destroying them. We pray they would step into new life in Jesus. May they know a new day with the living God and become part of this worldwide movement rising up all over the earth that is called the Christian Church. May they know that they are called out and part of what you're doing on the world today. We pray this in Jesus' name and God's people said, God's people said with a bit more rejoicing, Amen. Let's give them a round of applause, these three who are willing to start. Hallelujah. How many of us are carrying someone on our back? And maybe we haven't even seen their face for years. Or maybe we saw their face this morning. There's a million permutations and connotations and relationships. No one here is judging because a lot of this isn't bought on by us. It was pushed on us by someone else. But if you need to let someone go and let them come off your back as it were, leave, lot, go. I want you with courage to lift up your hand and you're saying you're willing to pray that prayer. Okay, that's it. Put up your hand if you're willing to pray. This is something we have to let go of. Parent, former partner, even an adult, offspring, a brother, a sister, Praise God. Okay, you can take down your hands. Is there anyone else here who knows God is saying to them, leave something go because you know God is something better for you. And this word is a timely reminder of you letting go and moving forward. I want you to lift your hand if that's you. Okay, okay. Could those of you who put up their, your hands come to the top for the last few minutes before we close? Let's just sing the chorus one more time. I'm asking you to leave your seat. We're going to pray the Holy Spirit on you as you let that person go. Hallelujah. Spirit, lead me. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters. the person or you know the situation can you put them in the palms of your hands and lift up your hands as if you're surrendering that person in that situation to the Lord let's close our eyes and we're just going to pray Holy Spirit of the Living God move on these men and women now hear the prayer that has been said in their hearts we hand that person over whether for good or bad, we know we must move on. We don't curse that person. 
we leave them in your hands. Can we say amen to that, guys? Do we leave that person in the hands of Jesus? Amen. We leave them in your hands. We pray you would move in their lives. But here on the 23rd of September, in the year of our Lord, 2018, at Grace Church, McCurtain Street, we are leaving that person with you. And we are now ready to let them come off our back because we are moving forward in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? In the name of Jesus, we move forward. So help us and heal us, whether it's a memory or it's someone we're going to meet when we leave here. Help us now, Lord Jesus. Maybe we've been hurt. Maybe we've been wronged, but we have to go on with the life you have given us. So give us strength now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Michael, can you come forward? Michael O'Callaghan, I believe the Lord just wants me to have a Just lift up your hands. powers of darkness have been set against your life and hear the Holy Spirit when he says to you Michael my son that Satan hates what is happening in your life and even more he hates what is about to happen and so the Lord would say to you seek my face in the morning and in the evening and keep Oh, so close to the one who loves you. And as you keep close to me, as you pray and fast and immerse yourself in the word of God, I will give you a strength and I will give you a healing and I will do such a work in you that those who knew you years ago will say, is that the same person? Because you will more and more become an evidence of the new man in Christ. So the Lord your God is moving and the powers of darkness are being stopped even now. Keep close to your Savior and this blessing will be yours forever. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. I want to pray for one more thing before we close and that is maybe you're up here or maybe you're down there. Someone has been trying to curse someone. I don't know the situation. But someone is coming against you. They're trying to curse you. And I feel the Lord is saying, I am going to send angels around you to protect you. When you go into work, or you go into your wider family, or you go into college or school, whatever the situation, the Lord is going to protect you. It's like a force field around you because someone is against you. It is on my heart to pray for that, and I don't want to end until I do that. So, in the last couple of minutes, is there anyone here who identifies with that? This is your opportunity, and we can pray for you. Would you lift up your hand if you know you need prayer of protection? Okay, can I ask the others to go back to their seats, and could you move forward? We'll do one more prayer before we close. Hallelujah, the living God will protect us. Bible tells us that he surrounds us with songs of deliverance so whoever is aimed against you God isn't going to let it to happen just lift up your hands guys 
come Holy Spirit and whether it's when they walk out the door or tonight or tomorrow morning or during the week we pray you would send ministering spirits even angels from heaven to encamp around each one of my brothers and sisters bedside workplace school place oh when they go to the doctor Lord whatever the situation is may there be protection and we pray blessing in your life and not a curse in the name of Jesus we pray a blessing a blessing a blessing could you move forward guys let me just touch your heads and pray a blessing in your life a blessing in your life we pray the blessing in your life in Jesus name a blessing in your life in Jesus name protection and blessing and we come against every curse in the name of Jesus you are the children of God therefore you are protected and you are blessed we pray confidence in your soul now for the rest of the day for the night ahead and for the week ahead in Jesus name and all who came forward said amen praise God amen thank you guys we give them a round of applause that took courage to come up God bless you guys we're going to sing out with this song and I remind you we're serving coffee upstairs. We're here Tuesday night and next Sunday. But over to Raul and the band to sing us out. You can worship for another few minutes or you can join us upstairs. God bless you and thank you for joining us at Grace today. Amen.